0: All right, and so I don't know how Tim does this. Two services every Sunday. I was convinced that the second would be the easiest. It is not. (laughs) I am definitely more nervous this service, but I do want to share something with you. This is obviously our youth takeover. We had talked about doing a youth takeover for probably, I mean, we'd mentioned it here and there, and I was always so excited about it. If you know me, you know I love fun, but even more than fun, I love seeing students step into their calling, into their purpose, discover who they're created to be in Christ. And so the whole idea of getting to see our students step into that here was so exciting for me and I was like yeah let's do a youth takeover and then I'm talking to Brady and he's like oh yeah and you're gonna speak at that service and my mind immediately was like never mind let's not do a youth takeover this is a terrible idea and so in my human nature how many of you guys know that in our nature we don't like to do things that are hard typically right and so in my mind I'm like well that's uncomfortable that's hard there's no way I'm just gonna find a way out of it I can have my students do testimonies you know we'll figure it out and immediately I felt the Holy Spirit say no that you are called to speak on this Sunday morning and immediately reminded me of a message that he gave me a little over a year ago um, that he put on my heart. And at the time, I wasn't really sure what to do with it. And over the last year, I kind of, he would add things to it, things like that. And I just never really could figure out the place that it was intended for. And the Lord reminded me immediately like that's for today. And so I share this with you to let you know that I may not be the greatest communicator that you're going to see this morning, but I am confident that the Lord has a word for you guys today. And so my heart and my prayer is that you'd be able to listen past, you know, me. I pray that you would be able to lean in and hear this message that is straight from like a loving father's heart to you. I'm going to add one more thing. Um, twice I had written this message. I finalized this message a little over a week ago and I'll be honest, real transparent twice. I went to the Lord and I was like, this is kind of a hard message. Can I preach something else? Like anything else other than this? And both times the Lord, you know, very quickly was like, nope, this is the message. And so again, I say this not, you know, because of anything that I am, but because I know that if you lean in, if you soften your hearts, that the Lord has a message for you guys today. Um, so we're just going to dive right in. Today, I'm going to share from two different passages. Both of these are passages that I think um, I've heard preached on quite a bit in the church. Um, They're pretty popular passages if you've grown up in the church, but I don't think I've ever heard them preached together. But I truly believe that the principles we see in both of these passages go very much hand in hand. And so the first one I'm going to speak on is going to be John 5, 1 through 15. They'll throw the verses up there in just a second, or I guess it's YouTube. Man, what's about to, you guys aren't going to show our TikTok video, aren't you? Like I'm scared now that that's going to come out that I made with the students. It was bad. All right. So John 5, 1 through 15, it says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches in these in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in at first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man who was there who had an infirmity for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and he walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man who said this to you? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. I want to pause here before we start and give kind of a disclaimer, um, a kind of a warning going into this. Um, We see in scripture times where the devil had taken scripture and twisted it, And tried to use it for his own agenda. And so, going into this, I'm going to ask you guys again not to look at this from the mindset of legalism or a mindset of guilt or shame, but rather allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And so, a lot of people don't realize conviction and guilt are two different things. So, conviction causes us to be more like Christ, it lifts us up, it draws us to the Lord. Guilt and shame will send the message that you're not worthy, you're not able to face the Lord, you haven't done enough, you're not doing enough, and it's going to be the feeling that causes you to say, Well, I'm not good enough to go back to church church. I'm not good enough to be here. I'm not good enough to pray. And so I want you guys to be mindful in your mind and in your spirit over throughout this message, and even throughout the next week or whatever else, that you're able to, um, to pinpoint and recognize the Holy Spirit's verse voice versus the voice of the devil. Um, and so we're going to go into this now. The first thing I want to point out in this passage, it's something really small that I don't even think most of the time reading this, I probably glossed it over. And the first part is that he was paralyzed and he was sick for 38 years. And the reason I just want to stop at this very briefly is that it doesn't say that he had the sniffles for like an hour, right? He, Jesus was not faced by how long this man had been sick or how sick he was. And so I think that there's some people in, in, this, in this room going into this message that might say, I have been sick for too long. I have been broken for too long. I am too broken. Nothing's ever gonna change. And so I wanna stop right there and let you know that Jesus was not phased by how sick this man was or how long he had been sick. It didn't faze him. And so again, going into this, I want you to keep that in mind that you are not too far gone and it has not been too long. It doesn't always have to be this way just because it used to be that way, just because it was that way for your parents or your grandparents or whoever else. The Lord is able to come in wherever you're at and immediately. Touch your life and bring change. And so the next thing I want to point out, we're gonna, as you know, we keep on reading, is that um, he comes across this man and he asks him, "Do you want to be made well?" And what is what is the man's response? Not like, "Yes, of course, I want to be made well." He responds with excuses. I am a teacher and I also have children. And one of the most like frustrating things is when I ask a student, like, "Hey, where's your homework?" or "Did you do this?" or I ask my kids, like, "Okay, why are you?" You know like did you hit your sister and the response is never like it's just excuses it's but he did but she did or what had happened was and so here we see this man and he's saying I can't walk I don't have anyone to help me somebody always gets there before me and he even could have used religion as excuse because we see later in the scripture where he's rebuked by the Pharisees who said it's the Sabbath you're not supposed to take up your mat and walk and so this man had a million different excuses and the reason I want to stop there is because reading that I look at my life how often have I I responded to the Lord and to his word with excuses. God, you know what? It's, you don't know what I've been through or you don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I'm, you know, what I, well, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know, you know, I've been like this. It's been too long or this is just how it has to be or this is how it's always been. And so the Lord has tried to, there's been times the Lord is drawing me to him and what well, I'm too busy, God, or the Lord is trying to draw attention to something in my life and it's, I'm sorry, I just, that's just how it's always gonna be. And it's not even with myself. We do it to other people too. That person's never, going to change. My spouse will never change. My child will never change. My parent will never change. That loved one will never change. And what happens is we give into the lie that our God is powerless against things that he's very much not powerless against, that he very much is able to touch and to redeem and to change. And so after I had written this whole sermon, I actually was like, okay, well, let me just Google some other sermons on the topic just to see if there's any like other perspectives, things like that. And so The first one that came up that I had watched was one by Stephen Furtick. And he's a pretty prominent, you know, pastor. He's got a pretty big church. And so he, for the most part, whatever I had already written was already in there, but he gives this kind of perspective, and he said he noticed something that I had been noticing, not just in our church, but the church universal, and even in my own life for many years. He said he finds it funny, again, he's been a pastor about 10 years, he said, super big church, that he sees so many people come to church, and they've already predetermined that they're not going to change certain things in their life, and so... He tells this funny little story about him. I think it's a true story, but he he goes to the gym. Like, he works out all the time. He's got this trainer who's his friend. So they're working out, and he goes to his trainer. He's like, hey, this other guy here, he gets here, out, you know, way before we get here every day. He stays long after us every single day. But I've kind of noticed, like, I'm not really seeing any progress. Like, it's been a while. He's here for, like, long hours. Like, you know, what's going on? And so the trainer's like, oh, that. his name is Bubba. I'm not making this up. He's like, that's Bubba. He was like, um... When he first got here, he straight up told me, listen, he's like, I don't do cardio. I don't, you know, do pull-ups. I don't do push-ups. I do this, this, and this, and that's it. And he treats the gym almost like a social hour. Does that make sense? Like, it makes him feel good that he's checked whatever box off the gym. And so he comes in, and he's already predetermined. I'm not going to do anything that stretches me. I'm not going to do anything that's hard. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I'm willing to do in church. This is what I'm willing to give to the Lord. And so because of that, we don't. There's no. there's no change. There's no progress. He's stuck exactly where he's at. And he was paralleling this to us in the church. And I've been guilty of this. We come to church you know and we've say okay I'll do this this is my comfort zone but not this I might give you this but definitely not this and then he asks this really simple statement it's so simple but so powerful and it really summed up what had been on my heart and he asked he said do you want to be made well or do you just want to feel good because I think we live in a culture that settles for feeling good right or not feeling at all right and so he says, do you do the work? Do you take the time? Do you ask the Lord to, eva- like, to search your heart, to say, God, what in me you know, do you find offensive? What in me do you want to change? What in me is not desiring you with every fabric of my being? Or am I settling for just feeling good? Am I treating church like an accessory or an event? Am I treating my faith like this, you know, like it's just a list of things about me? Or is it the foundation in which I build my life? right? Because listen, we continue to live our life on our own terms, only surrender what we're comfortable with. And because of that, a dying world is not, a, is not able to see the power of Christ in us. And so I want to tell you this right now. I've been guilty of making that answer. I just want to feel good, right? I've been guilty too. Even in this, I'm going to be transparent. I wasn't planning on sharing this. I shared this in the first message and I'm going to share it now. Um, even in preparing this, I told you, I didn't really feel comfortable sharing, right? But I surrendered to the Lord. And in praying, I just kept praying like, okay, God, but sometimes you do things that they may not look. We want them to look like, I know you want me to do this, but what if I don't do a great job? And the Lord immediately convicted me of my pride and said, if I've called you to do this, and it's so that you could could maybe fail or not do great, but it touches somebody else and gives them the desire to say, if she can do it, I can do it then will you still obey me? And I just immediately was like, God, I'm in. I'm in to whatever it is you call me to, regardless of how it affects my pride, how it affects my comfort, how it affects the things that I have planned for my life. And so I think that that is what the Lord is asking today is are you in? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to pick up your mat and walk even though it seems crazy, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's hard? And I'm telling you guys, your children need you to choose to be made well so that they can learn to be made well. And your spouses, and your loved ones, and your neighbors, and the lady that's working at Winn-Dixie or Target or wherever—there is a dying world that needs to know that you chose to be made well, so they could see the power of Christ in you, so that they could see life change, so that they could see what He can do for them. But yet we continue to settle and say, "God, anything but this, anything but that. I want to live in my comfort, which leaves me sick, it leaves me broken, it leaves me stuck where I am." And I think sometimes we do it intentionally, like we've we have told god anything but that but i think sometimes it comes from a lack of slowing down and a desire to just say god search me I've tried to make this my prayer lately, like, God, if there's anything in me that is not of you, rid me of it. But the Lord convicted me. I hadn't done that for a while. I had just been so busy surviving, just trying to get through. And so I want to encourage you guys today. When was the last time you truly looked at the Lord and said, search me? If there's anything in me that is not of you, I don't want it. I just want you. I want to see your power working through me. I want to see lives changed around me. And I just wonder, what would the church look like? Not just the way, but the church universal. I feel like there would be revival happening, not just in these buildings, but in our world. People's lives would be changed because they would see the anointing. They would see the Holy Spirit. They would see what the Lord is doing in his people, not perfect people. Um, As we go on to see, we see, so the Lord tells him to take up his mat. He obeys, he's immediately healed. The man didn't heal himself. His healing came when he chose to obey radically. A savior, when he asked him to do something that wasn't easy, comfortable, and didn't make sense. And he hit a point where it didn't always have to be this way. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me? And so he was willing to say, I lay it at your feet, God. I'm willing to obey. And that is when that healing and breakthrough came. And I also want to pause here just because I want to make sure that there's no... Um, miscommunication or miss. This is not like a prosperity gospel. This is not if I do X, X, and X, and I equal you know X. This is not healing. Sometimes is instantaneous, but sometimes it's a work and it's a progress. But that decision to say, God, I will pick up my mat and follow you, is the key. It's the start of surrender. It's not about perfection, but it's about a surrendered heart that says, God, everything that I have is yours. I'm yours, and that's when He can begin to do a work in you. And there are some things that will be healed instantly. There will some that will be a work and there will some that may not come on the side of heaven but again our heart changes who we are changes our purpose and passion is our purposes are unlocked and we're able to pursue those things and with passionate like just i'm telling you that i have seen god use me and other people in ways that we and our own could not be used but it's because we chose surrender and i'm telling you that the lord wants that for you too he doesn't want pastor sim tim saving everybody he wants you being fully alive fully surrendered fully devoted no more hiding no more you know god anything but this because that's not what the church was intended to be the church is intended to be a community the church is intended this is not a message that's saying you have to be perfect to be part of this club it's a message saying that we need to surrender so that we can have god let god have his way in us does that make sense and so um you know jesus completely ignores his excuses he tells him rise up take your mat and walk the man is instantly healed Man, and I love that. I love that his excuses were not too big for God. He still was able to move when he was willing to obey. Does that make sense? God still was willing to come in. And so I'm going to share two more passages real quick um, before we get to the last one. Romans 6, 1 through 4. um, It says... Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, Who now we also may so now we also may live new lives. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. One of the greatest gifts that the Lord has given us outside of relationship with Him in our salvation is the ability to be set free from the things that He has not intended for us. Yet so many of us settle for so much less. We settle to live in unforgiveness. We settle to live in addiction. We settle to live in sin that we're too scared to tell anybody else about. And so we just, we tell ourselves, I can do it on my own. I don't need anybody else. Or it's not that big of a deal. Or it's not as bad as this person. And then we continue to just live broken instead of taking that gift. It's through Him. We're not saved. We're not set free by anything. Of ourselves, it's Christ died for us. It's us believing, accepting Him, repenting, and choosing to follow Him. I think a lot of people in the church, and I've seen it in my life. At times, we we want Him to be our Savior, right? But we don't want Him to be our Lord sometimes. And I'm telling you, when we choose to make Him our Lord, that means giving Him full surrender. It is such a beautiful thing because He's. It's not about behavior modification, right? It's not just about a list of do's and don'ts. It's about surrendering fully to Him and a life changed. And I'm telling you, when I surrender to Him. Things are so much better. Anyone that knows me knows I am a train wreck. I am so thankful (laughs) that I have the peace to know that I am not the one in control of every decision in my life. I'm thankful, not upset that I can't control my life. I'm thankful that I can follow somebody who knows 20 years out the road what I may not know. And so when I'm making decisions, I can rely on the Holy Spirit. And so it's not this negative, bad thing that we're giving up control. It's a gift. It is a blessing. The Lord has protected me from so many things when I've chosen to obey him, and there's times that I didn't listen, and I've seen the heartache that it has brought. And so I need you to make sure that we're looking at this with the mindset, if not, I have to give something else up. No, it is a gift to be able to rely on him and not have to do it on your own. I think there's some people in here that have had to do it on their own for so long they don't know how to surrender, and they're scared to surrender, but I'm telling you, this is someone you can trust with your life i have seen it in mine i have seen it in others and so i want to make sure that we recognize that i'm going to share one more passage um this morning that we're going to talk about. Oh, I want to stop here too and just make sure this passage is talking about physical healing. And I 100% believe in physical healing. And I think that some people in here, that is what the Lord is speaking to you on. But I also think it's important to touch on the fact that there are so many other types of healing. There's a healing that brings forgiveness. There's a healing that brings freedom of sin. There's a healing that restores our identities to what God has called us to be. There's a healing that brings a confidence in him. There's a healing that breaks generational curses. There are so many different times of freedom and healing that the Lord wants to bring if we just choose to surrender to him. I feel like, so last Sunday we were doing a, um, a testimony Sunday, and I wasn't really planning on sharing this at the time, but in that moment of that service, I felt like the Lord speak two things to me, and the first was that there were people in that room So I don't know if this is you or not, that we're listening to these testimonies, asking the Lord, where is my breakthrough? And some of you have been obedient. You have been faithful. Again, perfection is not the requirement, but it's that heart of surrender and are wondering where that breakthrough is. I want you to know that you're not alone. The Lord sees you. Sometimes his breakthrough is not in our timing or might look differently, but he honors your faithfulness and he honors your um, obedience and he honors your surrender. And so I don't want you to feel like you have been left out or you have been missed or you have been overlooked. But I think there's also a second group of people, and the Lord (laughs) made this very clear to me that there were some people asking where their breakthrough was. And the Lord is saying, how can I give you breakthrough in an area that you will not surrender to me? And so what we do is we lay our stuff at his altar, but we keep one hand on it. And the Lord is saying, you want me to fix things that you're not even giving me? You're not even giving me space in your life to fix them because I want it my way, right? I can't be uncomfortable. You can have anything else but this. And so the Lord is just saying, I want to give you breakthrough. Again, it may not always look the way we want. It may not always come in the timing we want, but his ways are better than ours, but we have to be able to surrender it to him. And so some of you all are praying. You guys have been praying, God, you know, this, I need this in my life, I need that in my life, and the Lord is saying, okay, let me have it so that I can I can take care of it for you. You don't have to carry it on your own anymore. And so going into that, I'm going to go into our second passage now, our last passage for the day, um, and it's Matthew 19, 16 through 22. And it's the story of the rich young ruler. It says, Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which one, the man asked. And Jesus replied, You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. The first thing I want to point out is proof that this isn't out of legalism or behavior modification, because he literally came before the Lord and said, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, I didn't do this, I I kept all your commands. And then the Lord asks him, to, you know, take all he had many possessions he said, go give all your, you know, give your sell your possessions, give them to the poor. And it said the man walked away sad because he had many possessions. A lot of times this passage is talked about in the sense of generosity. Right. And I don't think that the heart of it is so much generosity as it is idolatry. And so it's not that the man had many possessions. That was the issue. Tim always says it's the fact that those possessions had him that this man had made those possessions an idol. And for some of you, it might be possessions. It might be the fact that the Lord is asking you to give or tithe or, you know, whatever. But for somebody else, it could be pride. It could be comfort. It could be complacency. It could be bitterness. It could be unforgiveness. It could be a sin issue in your life that you don't want to talk about. It could be whatever. Insert whatever. This man, his idol was his possessions. For us, it could be something completely different. And so he walked away sad because it wasn't his checklist, right? It wasn't the fact that he, you know, didn't commit adultery and he didn't murder. It wasn't the behaviors. It was his heart that was lacking. And so I really feel like in order a lot of times, what keeps us from that breakthrough, right? From us picking up our mat, you know, and following the Lord and finding breakthroughs, we're holding on so tightly to whatever it is that we're not willing to let go of. And I, I said this earlier. um, I'll say it in this service too. Part of um, the church was not designed to be for healthy people. Does that make sense? There is no healthy people. So I want to be very careful for you to understand this. But this is a place that we don't come in, put on our best face, do our hair and our makeup, and. Just, you know, act perfect. One of the reasons that I'm at this church, I remember years ago, just not having some great experiences at some other places and thinking to myself, who is a pastor I know that's authentic, that I know that I can, like, it could be church the way it's designed to be, and that was Pastor Tim. I've known him and Teresa for a very long time. I know their hearts, and it's what attracted me to this place. But listen, whether it's here or somewhere else, church needs to be authentic, We can't come in here and pretend to be something we're not. That's pointless. You're going to stay sick. It's going back to that Stephen Furtick thing where he said, do you want to feel good or do you want to get well? And so I need you guys to ask yourself, you know, being part of this, do I want to just feel good? Do I just want to, you know, come in, have the social, you know, the social aspect? Or do I actually want to invite the Lord into my life to gut and clean out all the yuck, all the messy stuff, all the junk, and truly be made well? And so I want you guys to start searching your heart as we finish up tonight and asking yourself, Lord, is there anything in me that I have not been willing to surrender? Is there a relationship? Is there sin in my life? Is it pride? Is it whatever, insert whatever. What is it that is keeping me from being made well? And like I said, sometimes it's like something that we choose to hold onto. Sometimes we don't realize we're doing it, which is why we need the Holy Spirit to show us. There's so many times the Holy Spirit has showed me areas in my life that were not surrendered that I wasn't intentionally not surrendering, but I needed the Holy Spirit to show me those things. Um, to be made well. And I didn't share this in the first service, but I'm going to share it today or in this service. One aspect of being made whole and being healthy is not just getting better. We don't just get better so we can sit around and, you know, like, oh, you know, the Lord has brought me healing. That's awesome. But part of being truly healthy is knowing your identity in Christ and living out your purpose. And so we were reading a book with our serve team leaders, um, I think maybe a month or two ago, Um, And it gave, I'm really bad with numbers, so I'm not even going to try to remember the number. But it was this crazy high high statistic that it was like so many people in church never find out their purpose or their giftings. And so part of being healthy, say some of you are sitting here and you're like, okay, maybe I have worked out through a lot of other things. Part of being healthy is knowing who you are in Christ, what your giftings are, and then using your life to accomplish the purpose you know, the purposes that he has for us. And I'm so thankful we work at a church. If you don't know your spiritual gifts, if you don't know your purpose, I love that we have we have something called um, Next Steps here where we're able to walk through those things with you. We have things like connect groups. We have mentorship groups. We have people here who want to help you discover what your purpose is. And so I don't know why I was going to – I left this out last service, but I really feel like somebody in here needs it today. Part of being well is not just being a spectator in church. It is saying, how can I serve? It's how can I share the healing I've been given? How can I share the freedom that I've been given? And it may, some of you, it might be, you know, being up front, and talking to people, somebody else, it could be doing something like helping with kids church or checking people in. My husband and I are polar opposites, right? But we both have decided to commit our lives to say, you know, Lord, we're gonna serve you, even though in each of us it looks completely different. And so don't disqualify yourself because you think you may not have the same gifting as one person or another person. But I want to encourage you guys, being truly healthy is also being being like being part of the body and not even just serving but letting people in the body in how often have we been presented the opportunity for freedom literally we're, we're struggling we're you know we're, we're a mess we're having a hard time and we're literally presented community and fellowship and discipleship and growth and we just nope I'm too busy no that's too hard no I don't need anybody else or no I can't let them know if only, what would they think of me if they knew I struggled with this this and that and I'm telling you, that's not God's intention or purpose for the church, the way and the church universal. Does that make sense? Um, and so I, we're going to go ahead and start working on closing. Deb, will you come up? Sometimes I really wonder, I said this earlier, can you guys just stop and think, what would the church look like and accomplish if we truly chose to be made well? Versus just feel good. Can you guys just stop and think about that for a second? Can you think about the like, just the revival that would happen? The people that would come to know him. It breaks my heart sometimes when I think about the fact that me being unwilling to surrender to the Lord could rob somebody else of hearing the good news or you know, seeing God move. And so I want you guys to just really stop and think about that. What would your life, what would your life, your family, your situation look like if you were truly and fully surrendered to the Lord? Not just for show, not just out of legalism, not just out of the checklist, but truly surrendered to God's love, to His will for you, that you came into actual relationship with Him. What would that look like? And so, as we close today, I want you guys to really ask yourself: Am I actually being made well, or am I just being, you know, am I just feeling good? Am I seeking comfort? Am I seeking whatever's easiest? And so, if you guys could close your eyes, we're going to wrap up. I feel like there's some people in here that have been making have been the Lord has been calling you and trying to reach you and we've been making excuses. God, not this or I'm not ready for that or this isn't that bad or anything but that. And I feel like the Lord is asking some of you today to just say, God, I give you full surrender. You can have it all. I'm not holding anything back. And then I feel like the Lord is also wanting to talk to some people who are saying, God, where are you? <laughs> like I have been in, I had somebody point out to me in the middle of services that in that first scripture, um, it talks about how the, they were waiting by the pool and the Lord came to them. And so if you're in a season, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I feel like I I need to. So I'm gonna try not to butcher it. If you're in a season where you might, you just feel alone or you feel like you have been waiting and waiting and waiting. Know that the Lord is there and that as we continue to wait on him and seek him and pursue him, he will come. This man, I mean, it's encouraging and it could be, you know, 38 years is how long that man was sick. But Jesus had a plan. He had a plan with him in the midst of that sickness, in the midst of that waiting. And so just know that if you have been waiting, you're not forgotten and that the Lord sees you he sees whatever breakthrough you're needing. He sees whatever it is that's in your heart. And I want to encourage you just to take this time and say, Lord, I will pick up my mat and I will step closer to you. I will pick up my mat. I can't bring my own healing, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue you, I'm gonna obey you, I'm gonna come after you at all costs. And so with your eyes closed, if you're if you're saying, you know, I need a breakthrough. I need to, I need to just, I need God to come in and do something in my life, and I'm willing now to just take that step. Will you just slip up your hand so that we can pray for you? And maybe you're in that second category and you're saying, I love God, you know, but I have been keeping some things from him. I've been like that rich young ruler where I've been like, cut anything but this. And I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of holding on to things that are just not gonna matter on the other end of eternity. But I'm ready now to just release whatever it is I'm holding on to. Will you just slip up your hand? So we're gonna spend one, a few minutes in one last song in worship. And I want you guys to really listen to the lyrics of this song. Um, One of them talks about how I run to the Father again and again and again. And so I want to encourage you guys. Some of you might have been Christians for a really long time. Some of you may not know Christ yet. And we'll pray for you if you want to accept him into your life in just a moment. But I want you guys to recognize we never stop running to him for healing again and again and again. And there have been seasons in my life where he's had to address pride. And there's been seasons in my life where he's had to address bitterness. And there's been seasons in my life where I've needed healing from this or that. But the key is that we run to the Father again and again and again. And if you see that you're in a season in your life where you've maybe stopped running to the Father and we've just settled for less, I want you to know that this time is for you too. You know, let us continue to daily run to the Father for healing again and again and again. And so as we sing this last song, I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit to show you areas in your life that maybe need surrender to him, I want you to recognize that he loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He just wants you. When my kids make a mistake, when my kids are not living right, I don't want to rebuke them. I want to draw them close to me, and so this isn't a message. Like I said earlier, do not allow the devil to manipulate and twist this message into something that it is not. It is the Lord. He will bring conviction. He will He will ask us to change things in our life, but he is not pushing you away, so if your response right now is, I can't go up there. I've made too many mistakes. I've done." Too much that's a lie from the devil because the lord is a loving father who says come to me in your brokenness come to me i'm the one that can heal you. you cannot heal yourself like i said the lord healed him of his sickness and so as we sing if you want prayer to either, you, like you feel like we're gonna have our prayer team come up or just be ready. If you are just wanting somebody to pray with you about any of these things, or maybe you haven't even accepted the Lord into your life yet and you have questions about that or want prayer about that, we're gonna have our prayer team up here that would love to pray with you, answer any questions. But let's just take this time to worship the Lord and bring those things to his feet and allow him to have room in our life, to bring breakthrough. So let's posture our hearts in a way that gives him full surrender.
1: You saw my condition Had a plan from the start Your son for redemption The price for my heart And I don't have a context For that kind of love I don't understand, I can't comprehend, all I know is I need you. So I run to the Father, I fall into grace, I'm done I ask
2: everybody to like stand up because um, I really feel that the Lord is here and the Holy Spirit is here so just in respect um, can we do the bridge please? because um, I don't know. Uh, uh, this song really like speaks to me and uh, for some of you who don't know, I'm Caleb and uh, uh, I've been here for three years and I haven't seen my parents for three years and so it's hard to live without your parents here, but uh, God bless me with new parents, uh, my American parents, and I am so, so blessed to have Pastor Tim and Pastor Teresa as my mom and dad, because they have really taken that role, so, uh, just just a bridge, please. Like, not even at all. Like, I don't know
1: it.
2: <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, change of plans. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like the first service, uh, I just want to say that um, I always say this to the youth whenever they come for Wednesday service is that when you walk through the doors, I know you bring a lot of stuff along with you, but our prayer as youth leaders and pastors is that when you walk out of the door, that you get a touch from Jesus and that your life is changed. That's all our prayer is. And so I don't know over here, um, all of you guys have um, coming from different walks of life and you guys have bring your stuff in and stuff but we hope and pray that as you walk out that you've met with the lord and that he's touched you and that know that he's walking with you and um, we all mess up uh i'm i got a phd in messing up uh, if you don't know me well now you know uh you can ask my youth leaders i say stuff and i do stuff and then i'm like oh no what did i say or what did i do like crazy stuff but uh he still loves me and he's, his grace is still abundant for me and so if you guys are going through something right now we have our prayer team right here and they are blessed with the, uh, with the gift of prayer so if you want to come and receive prayer come on because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ and so if you want to come and you want to receive prayer do it right now um, sure go ahead
0: wasn't going to come up and do this. Um, And I was like, oh, Caleb's got it. I'm off the hook. But I, the Lord would not let me leave. I shared this example in first service and I really feel like we need to do it here. So I shared like a silly example. I'm a mom, but I'm sure some of you all can relate with this otherwise. So my least, one of my most frustrating periods of the day is after I get my kids from school and I have three, we're in our van, we pull up to the house and they have like they've taken their shoes off for some reason, like their socks off, they have jackets, there's lunchbox, they're just all kinda the diaper bag. And the goal is to get out of the car and into the house, right? And so okay, got my purse, got my diaper bag, have my laptop back from work, pick up the toddler, trying to get all, you know, all the stuff out of the car. And I shared this earlier. How many of you all are one trip people? Like, I'm not a quitter, I will only take one trip. If I have groceries, one trip. I'm not, you know, going back and forth, I'm gonna lift everything, I'm gonna use my pinkies, I'm gonna, everything I can to not fail and just having to take one trip. So then I find myself getting out of the car, fully like loaded up with stuff, right? And I'm trying to like carry this heavy, and it's frustrating because stuff is falling and I'm stubborn, so I'm not gonna come back for that shoe that fell. I'm gonna like balance all my stuff, try to pick up that shoe and throw it on. We're walking to the house and it happens to me so often, you would think I would learn by now. I get to the door and I realize it's locked. Like I gotta figure out how to get my keys without dropping all this other stuff. And so this is kind of a silly image, but I think a lot of times we go through life like this. We're carrying all our crap, right? We're carrying all our junk. And we're trying to accomplish the things that God has for us. Like, obviously, it's bigger than unlocking, you know, getting your keys, unlocking the door and going in. But we're walking through life carrying all of this junk, trying to figure out what our purpose is, what our calling is, accomplish what we have for us. And we can't because we're so bogged down with so much stuff that we're not willing. And it's my pride why I don't make two trips and probably my laziness. I don't know. But I think we allow those things in our life to keep us from laying all our junk at the foot of the cross and allowing other people to help ease our burdens. And I didn't end this way last service, but I really felt like I needed to this service. If you, and Debbie, do you mind singing one more time? If you need to leave, you can leave. But if you can identify walking through life right now, carrying a whole bunch of stuff that you're trying to carry on your own, and you're having trouble finding those keys and unlocking and doing what you need to do, I'm gonna ask you as a symbolic step, like this man taking up his mat and walk, Would you come up and leave that stuff at the altar? Worship at the altar, ask somebody to pray with you. We didn't do this last service, but I would have been disobedient if I didn't take a few minutes and just do that this service. If you need to go, you can go. Caleb, I don't know if you needed, I didn't mean to cut you off, but if you feel the Holy Spirit calling you to maybe share with somebody that you might be struggling with something or to maybe just ask for prayer for a breakthrough or get accountability or take a next step, whatever it is, please don't leave this room tonight still settling for feeling good and not being made well. Do not leave this room today still sick, going back to all of your same stuff without taking that step of faith and saying, God, I'm here. God, I'm surrendered. Let me tell somebody about my junk so I don't have to keep hiding it and dealing with it by myself. All right, Um, let's pray. And then we'll sing. And then if you need to go, you can go. Lord, I thank you so much that you are a loving God. I thank you that you're a God who takes us as we are and then changes us. We don't have to do anything ourselves before coming to you, Lord. And I pray your Holy Spirit would be in this place. I pray that you would begin to stir things up in people's hearts. You would help us to see the areas in our life that maybe aren't surrendered or things that you want to do in our life, Lord God. I pray refreshing for people that might be in a place where they've been obedient and they're exhausted and just need refreshing, Lord. We lay all of this at your feet. In your name we pray, amen.